With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Better never rest. Oh man, here we go. We're getting this all started. Great. Uh, got the, got bad lighting. I had to I had to uh, scarf down a piece of pizza uh, before we came on. It is noon. It is Sunday. We're talking about the NFL Combine. It's the Georgia Show. I'm Jake Rowe. He's Jake Roos. He's Jeremy Johnson. We're all Dogs HQ. And listen, we got a lot of ground to cover on this NFL Combine. I got back from Indianapolis yesterday. Uh, a lot of things said. A lot of great performances thus far. Some puzzling decisions to maybe not do that, not work out. We're going to talk about that. And then we're also going to talk about recruiting and kind of get into, all right, we're headed into spring break for Georgia. We're headed into spring practice for Georgia. Visits are going to kick up here in the coming weeks. Where does Georgia stand with some of its top targets? But, Roos, let's first of all get to this NFL combine. And I think of three guys, and it all centers around the 40-yard dash, that really helped themselves in the past couple of days. One guy, I would not have predicted it, man. And I, you can go back and watch the show Palmer and I did it on Thursday morning. Uh, Ike Smith, he blew me away with that 40 yard dash, man. I did not have that circled on my card for sure. Um, that was a really impressive performance for Tyke. And I think, I think you pair that with the film that Tyke's put out over the course of his time at Georgia, especially these last couple of years. I think that he really probably helped himself with that. That was probably one of the question marks going into this with him um, was how fast was he going to be? Thought he jumped off the page. Vlad McConkey obviously uh, was another one that really made a splash. Um, I don't know that that was like a shocker for people, um, but you wondered where it was going to fall. And I think it fell about as good as it possibly could. And then I'll say the other one uh, that didn't have anything to do with 40 yard dashes, in my opinion, but that picture of a Marius Mims from the back where he's standing next to regular looking people uh, carrying 340 pounds and looking the way that he does looks trim, man. I mean, he looks like an NBA player to me. So um, I was I was those were probably my three big takeaways for the weekend. Um, you know, that's I, well. And the other one is look, Brock Bowers is still Brock Bowers. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what he does and doesn't do. You know who Brock Bowers is. So Brock Bowers gets shout out just for continuing to be Brock Bowers. Yeah, yeah that that Amarius Mims photo is pretty incredible. And you know he'll get to work. He'll get to work out later today. Um, you know maybe we're showing a little disrespect to the offensive lineman that we're recapping the the NFL Combine without letting the offensive lineman work out. Um, Jeremy, the big fella, is just not getting any love. But uh, um, anything stand out to you? Oh, yeah. Javon Buller was really smooth in everything he did. He uh, he looks a little thicker and bigger and stronger than I thought he might have been at Georgia at times. But, um, you know, obviously the tape on him is 
really good, but you know, he showed the speed. I think he ran four four or something, something close to that. Um, during the drills, he was one of the guys that didn't waste a lot of motion, didn't there was rarely a misstep, and he just kind of carried himself with a little more swagger than a lot of other guys, too. I mean, that doesn't really matter when you turn the tape on, but it matters, you know, when you start looking at the guys that are really good in the NFL. So I think he kind of helped himself a little bit, confirming a lot of things that, you know, people may have seen on tape at Georgia. Both his 40 and Tyke Smith's 40 blew me away. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I expected Javon to run well. I, I didn't expect sub four five. I I, I thought kind of mid four five, high four five would be very good for him. Um, I really didn't expect Tyke to break four six. To be honest I, with you, that, that would have that would have shocked me. Um, and you know, honestly, our friend Matt Godwin, I I texted him as soon as it happens, and um, he said no <laughs> way in there. We can't put on the air only on Bark After Dark. So uh, uh, he uh, he was surprised by it as well, and, and great for Tyke, man, because. I don't know, man. Maybe it's the fact that I've had a couple of knee surgeries or something. But when you get these guys that come to school and and Tyke transferred in, he was supposed to be a big piece of that 2021 team. He was he was supposed to be a big piece. Georgia needed him. They needed guys in the secondary. They signed him and Darian Kendrick and and tried to get Brandon Turnage. Um, mm-hmm. Georgia needed guys. Tyke gets hurt, breaks his foot, and Tyke tears his ACL, and that's it. And it's just hard to to fathom kind of what was going through his head, you know. Like he comes from a very comfortable place at West Virginia, where he knew the scheme and he was making a lot of plays. and And he comes to Georgia, and he's fighting for a crumb. He's fighting for a crumb two years later, and then you know gets in there. And honestly, man, this past season, I really felt like he was a little bit of an underrated defender. You look back at the end of the year, leading tackler on a very talented defense leader in interceptions, leader in tackles for loss, and still very little combine buzz, very little like, uh, you know, nobody really expected him. I don't think anybody would have picked him as a as a standout at the NFL combine. Four, four, six um, in the 40. Looked good doing everything else. Um, you know, he, he's, he's a ball of dynamite. And, you know, you talk to some people around that program, and the one thing you've always heard is, like, he's a really good football player. Teammates love him. And he hits like a ton of bricks. And uh, I'm really excited to see kind of where he ends up and to see if he can put together an NFL career. I think I think it makes sense that he hits like a ton of bricks when you now realize how much momentum he had, momentum he had behind him when he was delivering those hits, man. I don't think that we were we thought that that was the case. I, I'm curious, Jake. You got to spend um, you know all those days there and hear the interviews, be around those guys. We talk a lot about the on-field stuff, and rightfully so. I mean, the testing is what's cool, and everybody wants to hear about the 40-yard dashes. But I'm just curious from those interview sessions, who kind of caught your eye and caught your ear with the things that they had to say and the demeanor with which they said it? Cedric Van Brand, always. Um, you know, the, him kind of looking into the camera, there was a question um, uh, from Bobby, uh, a guy that works over at UGASports.com, uh, who I got to know this week, good kid. Uh, he asked a really good question. He 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 also produces that that Real Talk podcast with Tate Ratledge and Brett Thorson. And Tate Ratledge had made the comment that he was struggling with the vocal leadership role vacated by you know Cedric Van Pran. And and you know Bobby brings that up. He, he asked him that question. I thought it was a really good question. And then you know uh, Cedric just looks right in the camera. He said, "Tate, if you're watching, you ain't got to be me, man. Be yourself. You're enough." Um, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I almost feel like a, 
Cedric Van Pran needs to be like our Cedric Van Pran life coach. You know, like he, he just he it, like I felt all like warm and fuzzy inside when he was talking about that. And I was like, hey Cedric, can you give me some affirmations? Maybe to I can just play for myself in the morning. He's just he, he and it's genuine. It is so genuine, which I think is incredible. Um, but listen, that's that's the reason why Georgia is you know Georgia's accomplished what it's accomplished. One of the many reasons is guys like him. Um, you know, he had some cool things to say about Jared Wilson, too. Um, another thing that kind of struck me in a different way was, man, Brock Bowers is a snooze fest. He is an absolute – I mean yeah, – you, you wondered if he would, like, turn it on for the NFL, right? Like, yeah. he, like he was holding back yeah. this whole time because Kirby was with it. No, nah, man, this is just who he is, isn't it? Boring. I mean, just <laughs> the most boring cat ever. And, listen, I wrote a column, and and I, I mean, I, I think, honestly – I'm not very proud of my opinions very often. They're just my opinions, and most of them probably stink and, and are just as flawed as anybody else's, maybe more so flawed than anybody else's. But the lack of entitlement and the lack of a lack of desire to self-promote and and be flashy is that is one of that kid's superhero strengths. I mean, that is one of his his most elite traits, is that He's not taking anything for granted. When somebody asks him, you know, because listen, I've watched these combine interviews for years, and you'll ask a guy, hey, man, is it important to you that you get drafted top five or top ten or top three? And almost always they, the competitor in them, or at least a the competitor they want to convey, says, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm the second – I think I'm the best player in this draft. And they ask Brock Bowers that, and he goes, not really. It's just a pick. You know, I'm, <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm going to have to go somewhere and play ball, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just honest. It's also yeah. very boring. And he's uh, he's he's just not entitled, man. And it's it's incredible just how bad with media he still is. And 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 I say that in such and I say that in a in a in the most endearing way possible, in the most you know respectful way possible is bro, you suck at media and good for you because you're all ball. And I think teams are gonna really love that about him. You know, Superman, Superman never really uh, wanted to be a standout either. He just wore glasses and worked in a newspaper all the time. So <laughs> that's right. That was his, that was his uh, disguise. Maybe that's Brock Bowers' plan. That's Superman right. Didn't, Superman didn't choose to be Superman, right? I mean, yeah, Brock I mean, Bowers didn't. Brock Bowers didn't choose to be this guy. He uh, he just is who he is, and he happens to be a freak on the side. So I mean, it's uh... <laughs> <laughs> on the side. But what's crazy? What's crazy to me about it too, though? I was I was pretty surprised at his measurables. I, if you sick, I did not think he was going to hit six three. Man, I really didn't. He, I thought he would be a tad under two. I yeah, did. Yeah, I did that's, I thought he was going to be a little bit closer to six two than people probably thought he would be. I think um, I I think I got it. Uh, I think I missed it by a half inch. I think I had him at six two and, and five eighths, and he was six three and one eighth. Yeah. So um, and that's yeah. just. And I, I've said this, and I, you guys have both been on the sidelines. You've both been near the guy. He doesn't. He looks like a normal person when you stand next to him. In the way, if you if you compare a picture of Brock Bowers versus that picture of Amarius Mims, and you're like, which of these is a world class athlete, like the best player on a team? You would pick the Amarius Mims picture if you had no other context. Like if Look. I told you, if I told you, I would say, like if like if you and I were going to go grab lunch, right? And I say, hey, I'm going to swing by and I'm going to pick you up. Let's go grab lunch. But first, I got to swing these. I got to swing these. This file by my accountant's office uh, to to uh, to for him to do my taxes. And then I, I'd be like, you know, hey, what's your accountant like? I'd be like, he's a pretty big dude. You know, he's a pretty you know pretty good sized dude. I walk in there, I hand it to him. You see Brock Bowers, you'd be like, yeah, all right, yeah, that whatever. 
Maybe <laughs> he may have played D three ball. You know? <laughs> right, right. And then I flip on the highlights, and and as Mike Griffith once said, the ghost of Red Grange. I mean, just just the you know just the man just high stepping and kicking and pulling through tackles. I was watching some highlights from him the other day, and the amount of guys that like hit him at the waist, slid all the way down to his feet only for him to yank his feet free like he was a horse trying to get into the open range was unbelievable. Like it's just he's just like galloping out of tackles. It's it's crazy. And and he's he's such a freak athlete. I'm I'm really sad that we didn't get to see him watch the run the 40 because I kind of had it in the back of my head that he might have a Nolan Smith in him like I think everybody knew Nolan was an athlete, but did you think Nolan was going to run run sub 4 4? Right. Um I mean, what if Bowers would have run out there and ran like a four three seven? Did we get any clarification if it's is he going to do it at, at at Georgia Pro Day? Nobody cares now, though. You know, well, like we won't get an official watch on it. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I, I hope that we get the chance just to and, see. And it. that's what we lose in it, you know. And and that's I, I don't think his thing was puzzling at all. The fact that he didn't work out, but man, Kamari lasted or not running on that track. Like Georgia's track is slower. You know, like Georgia's grass is a little thicker. I'm a little bit concerned about that for Kamari. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. And Kamari did a really good job. And he was another guy that kind of stood out in interviews. But, Jeremy, what do you think, man, about those guys that decided not to work out? That one seemed like a glaring maybe miscue on my part. Him and Marcus Rosen, me, Jack Saint. Yeah, I agree with you because I think both of those guys go out there in that fast field and they blaze the time and put the sweats on for the rest of the process. And, you got program uh, teams that you know may have not have had you on the board. Like, well, well, hold on, let me go back and let me go back and look at this tape. And now they show up to pro day, and now that's the interview. That's the the on person going through the drills. Can they do what we want them to do? Type of situation where now they're going into pro day with the question of can these guys run fast enough to do what I want them to do? So, I mean, anytime you have a chance to go and run the forty yard dash, I say do it because you can always come back and run a better time, but you can't, if you fail at pro day or doesn't do, don't do a good job at pro day, then that's, that's the resume you'll have going into the draft. I mean, both of those guys probably could have definitely could have benefited from that. The only thing I can think of is maybe, I know this has happened with some guys this year. I heard it about a few guys talking with some different people. Um, you know, I had some conversations with some agents, um, that certain guys, they they saw it more this year than ever, that certain guys didn't really go in and spend the time and effort and money on combine testing yeah. training like they had done in previous years. And I wonder if a guy like maybe Kamari, you know, kind of maybe – I don't know. I don't. I don't know the benefit of not doing that. I mean, maybe he had a little something going on injury wise, ankle or something like that. That maybe he got a little bit behind in his combine testing. Um, tell you what, uh, Tyke Smith got some good combine testing. We know yeah. that. It, whoever, whoever, whoever Tyke Smith's combine testing uh, training came from, uh, that they need to be posting that information out right now. Get it yeah. out there. I'm interested I, to see moving forward how this process is different. Um, just with say if you go to the playoff next year, you're not done with your college team until January 21st. That's I a mean, good point. That's man. a less that's one less month of preparation you just have to prep prep for the I mean the combines. What what are we in March? This is the first week of March. I mean, that's that's not enough time for these guys at, at the big programs to prepare moving forward. So I wonder what how the schedule in the NFL will be finagled to kind of make that work moving forward. We got a we got a dropping of the term finagled on here. So that works. <laughs>
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll tell you one of the other things that really impressed me, Jake, was, and maybe it's because I ended up writing the story on Kendall Milton, but I thought that Kendall's answers were so super honest, man. Um, and even to the point where he said, look, you know, I thought about giving it up, man. I, I thought that football was probably mm -hmm. over for me. And, you know, you get into that mindset of, man, I just can't get healthy. I thought that that was so forthcoming of him. And then also for him to speak about, how Georgia and how his family and how his support system and people around him, his teammates all lifted him up. And then, you know, there was that moment he said after the, the uh, orange bowl where he had a chance to go to those guys and say, man, thank you for pulling me through this. Like, you know, that was hard. I, I was just, I'm not surprised because, you know, I got to know Kendall when he was in high school, his dad's Chris Milton, who is, if you follow him on Twitter, you know, he's got that mindset too. He's a, a, a headstrong guy. I think that, um, I just thought it was cool and very forthcoming, very open and honest in a way that you don't often see in an inner or in a space like that. You know, I think that you expect that warrior mentality the whole time, right? Like, uh, you know, I just kept staring it down and kept fighting back through it. And for him to open up and say, look, man, like I thought it was kind of over at a time I, I thought was, was pretty neat to hear um, and very honest and man, I just don't know if you go back and, and listen to the things that Kendall Milton said, I don't know how you could not root for that guy at the next level. Yeah. That warrior mentality, that gladiator mentality. That's what we call the Jeremy Johnson mentality. He just stares everything down and says, you're mine. I'm going to dominate you. That's just kind of how he does. We, we're, that's why we're all a little bit scared of him right here. That's why we don't have him on more often. We're afraid to start yelling at him. That's funny, man. The most angry cat I've ever seen in my life. Nah, Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy's the best dude ever. So, all right, let's throw it on to the next topic, uh, and, and really our only other topic today, and that's recruiting 2025. Jeremy, I'm going to put you on the spot, man. Uh, and, uh -oh. and, and just have, listen, you live pretty close to me, so this might, you know, you might want to, you know, beat up on me for for putting you on the spot like this. I don't know. I'm scared. Uh, but uh, seriously, 2025 recruiting. We're going into – so Georgia's on spring break this week. Not a whole lot of recruiting. Whether I don't even care. Phone calls not even going to be happening hardly this week. Georgia begins spring practice nine-ish days, eight days. Uh, they'll be in spring practice for a couple weeks before, I believe it's starting in April. Uh, mm -hmm. Guys can start taking visits. So let's let's get out ahead of those visits. Give me three guys that if they had to make a decision, you know, this evening – you think they'd pick Georgia? I'm going to start with Travis Smith Jr. I really just feel like Georgia's in a good spot there. They have been for a long time. Obviously, they were one of his – the first schools are really like say, hey, you're going to be a guy that can do what we want you to do at this next level. So I like where Georgia is there. Another guy, uh, Elijah Griffin, Savannah Christian, big-time defensive lineman out of, you know, South Georgia. Had a lot of – I mean, he's been on campus a lot. A lot of ties to Georgia down that way, so – um, that's another guy. Um, number three, I'm gonna go. Hey, with, let's don't don't name that one yet. 
Let's get to okay. Jake Roos. Before you okay. name one. I want to take all of them. Okay. No, no, no. I want, no, I want Jeremy to say his because I want to see if we – so far we're two for two on two my two. top two. Oh, man. Okay, well, no, so, you, got, you go first. You go ahead, Jake. No, no, no. I got, I got four other guys. I got, I got five guys total after those two. So let's okay. let Jeremy – I want to see if we go three for three, Jeremy. Okay. If, if we're thinking top three, same ones. <laughs> oh, I guess my number three probably will be Darren uh, – I'm gonna call him Darren I for now. Darren I get I can a bong. I can a bong out of, uh, out of uh, Hillside, North New Jersey. I, feel I don't know like... why it just makes me think about Cinnabon every time he does that. <laughs> he, he's that definitely... has something to do with me just being a fat man. Ain't, with nothing, a fat ain't nothing sweet about Darren though, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just me being a fat man with a fat brain. I don't know. Oh man, he's definitely one of those that's in shape. So he uh he's 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 a guy that's definitely a top priority on the 2025 class. Um Definitely seems to have connected with Georgia on the time he's been there. Already has an official visit set up. It's the the first weekend of of the of official visits he'll be there. So to me, that says, hey, I want to get down there as soon as possible and, you know, see what's going on. So, you know, you can start trying to make a decision, which probably will come in the summer at some point. So I like where, the, I like where Georgia is in those three recruitments right now. Yeah, we we almost went three for three. I didn't I didn't have Darren as my third guy. My okay. third guy uh, on the list. So I kind of did I did kind of two tiers. Um, my first tier uh, had Elijah and Travis in it, and then I had Juan Gaston in my uh, in there as well. Um, I think Georgia sits in a really strong position with him. Um, just a massive human being, and Georgia has shown the value of of bringing go- guys like that in. Um, Gaston, you know, I think probably has a little bit uh, of development left to go. Um, I think that they can probably pull more out of him uh, as he gets uh, further into his career. But you cannot teach how big Juan Gaston is. So I, I think that he's definitely a guy I'm looking for. And I feel really good about where Georgia stands with him. Um, I'm going to go with another. Um, you mentioned uh, Darren. I'm going to go with another couple of edge guys uh, that I feel pretty good about right now. And one of them is Isaiah Gibson. Out of Warner Robins, um, had a chance to see him at the Under Armour camp down there in Carrollton. Looks really good, man. Carrying that weight super well. Uh, some excellent times in the forty. Uh, was super quick in that facet. So, um, you know, he's really close to campus. He's got the opportunity to visit a lot. He knows people already in Athens. Um, he showed up to that camp decked out in Georgia gear. And, you know, as, as much, it's it's always funny. I mean, I know that you can't read too much into that stuff, but it's always so funny to hear a guy be like, yeah, you know, Oklahoma and Florida State, but, like, he's wearing the, the G, like, right yeah. on his chest, and he's got it on his shoes. And, like, I'm like, come on, man, where's the Oklahoma outfit? I don't I don't. where well, you got one of those laying back there. And then the other guy I would put on there, uh, in my personal opinion, is Zion Grady. Um, I think if it, and that's an as of today thing. Um, so that's what we were saying. You know, if, if it were to end the day, I think Georgia would be the spot. They're going to have to hold off the likes of Auburn and Alabama um, going down into this thing. Pulling a kid like that out of Alabama is not going to be easy. But I think because of the turnover that Auburn's had over the last couple of years, um, you know, they're still kind of on the come up because of the turnover Alabama had that kind of prompted him to reopen things. So, like I've said before on this podcast, I think out the state of Alabama this year is about as open as you're going to find it. And Georgia needs to get in there and try to capitalize if they're going to do it this year, because those teams are only getting better. You know, that Auburn should be better given the class that they just brought in. Kalen DeBoer didn't lose a ton despite uh, the turnover. 
So I think that it's a situation where Georgia can get in there and make some headway and needs to do so probably. I like Zion to Georgia today. Check back with me in three weeks. Yeah. Man, hearing y'all go through those, those edge guys, though, where does Bryce Davis fit? Yeah. Because, yeah. You know, Bryce, I, listen, I, I wouldn't take any one of them over Bryce Davis personally. Um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm very I, high on him. He is he is a Zizo Gilari 2.0, in my opinion, you know, in that 6'2 to 6'3 range, but but the length is is much greater than that, like much longer arms than a guy that would typically be that. Um, you know, Grimsley High School there in North Carolina. I went to the same high school as Jamal Jarrett. I do believe Georgia's in a really good spot with him yep. as of right now. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they see one of these guys as a end. Like, I, you know, I noticed from – Gibson to me could be. I think. I do. I do too. I, but but I was surprised, Jake. It, you know I, what was it? Two thirty eight or two forty? Yeah. You know, at at Under Armour, he looked bigger than that. You know, yeah. like he really did look heavier than that. I believe there was some something that he that went on and he 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 slimmed down a little bit. And because okay. I've, I've been to the school and, and seen him play in person, and he's much bigger than that. I thought Jerry. Was, I thought Jerry was about to say. I think there was something going on with the scale at Under Armour. Somebody, <laughs> somebody put a ping pong no. ball underneath it or something. No, um, he definitely had slimmed out way a lot more. Than even even I, if he had slimmed out, because I had never. That's the first time I'd ever seen him. I really did see him, and I thought, man, this this guy's bigger than yeah. you know. This guy's. I thought I was thinking more like two fifty five, and then yeah. you know I think he came in at two thirty eight, and you know um, don't have all the numbers from from Under Armour. Uh, that you know we can share, but um, I think you ran right at that you know high four six, low four seven range, which is very 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 good in my opinion. Um, on that track, I mean, I think I think the best time was like mid four fours, and and you know that was a uh, you know that was a guy that was like 170 pounds. So um, you know in terms of size speed combo there, that that was one of the better times I felt like was there. So. Uh, it, just interesting that you guys bring up all of those edge guys, and I, I like all of them, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I do, but you know, Ikenabon really strikes me as a true edge. Um, you know, I could see it with Isaiah Gibson, but not quite yet. Zion Grady is absolutely, you know, that. If you know, honestly, I had the conversation with Charles Power that I could actually see Zion Grady as an off-ball linebacker personally. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives me the Nolan Smith like, kind of vibe about yeah, it. Or Jalen Walker, you know, yeah. Nolan yeah. Smith, Jalen Walker type vibe. Yeah, exactly. Maybe some some edge rush talent, but the uh, the athleticism to kind of back up and play some linebacker a little bit, which is something Georgia asks their outside backers to do anyway. Yeah. And then to me, Bryce Davis is that true Jack. Put your hand in the dirt or stand up and just, you know, mow down tackles, mow down pullers, um, do your thing. I will say this. I think that this, the discussion we're having right now, and I mentioned this on the board the other day at Dogs HQ, this is a great problem for Georgia to have. It is. We're discussing this because that this is not always an easy spot to find dudes to fit in. This year, they've got a really deep crop and several, and several of them with high interest in the dogs. So they've got a yeah. chance here to put together, you know, if you go get, it's hard to find two to three guys. If you could go get three or four guys for this yeah. spot, man, you can really kind of reshape that room, you know, get some numbers in there, kind of pad for next year, depending on how you're feeling about that. Maybe it is a two class, right? Yeah. You don't always know how it's going to be. And these guys are such a premium position now that i look take them all in and let god sort them out man yeah yeah the good thing about this group is that if if they were to get all of them they all do something a little different they all can do different things and you kind of feel the need in every 
every one of them you would get, you know, because like he's like, we just mentioned, we just mentioned four different comps for those guys. And, you know, Georgia's, you know, they've gotten guys in the past, but we don't really know what Damon Wilson is yet. We don't really know what Samuel and Pimba is yet. We don't, we don't know exactly what those guys will be. Gabe Harris is another one that's kind of going through a metamorphosis while he's in college. So, you know, you, you can kind of backfill that room and make sure you have guys that can come in behind those guys over the next couple of years. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to finagle the metamorphosis and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get these guys where they need to be. Jeremy's just dropping these $10 words on us. Oh, I love man. it. I love it. Now, and honestly, let's be honest about this. NIL and the, the yeah. rigors of the recruiting trail are going to probably fix this problem for Georgia sure. as my house tries to fall down around me. Um, if y'all didn't hear that, boom. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's one of those things that that, that that's good. It's all going to work itself out. But like Ruth said, it's great to have this many options. And and honestly, it seems like there are some other guys out there that we're probably not even talking about at that position. Oh yeah, I'm um, sure. at this point that you know, it's also one of those like Georgia tends to fall in love with a guy or two that camps over the summer. Um, you know, is I get all right, Isaiah Gibson. Let's say he shows up to Georgia this this summer, works out, and and weighs two forty eight. Or 247 or something then you maybe start to think more of him as a as a you know hand in the ground guy so there's yeah. a lot to work out and and uh listen we're excited about it we're excited about spring practice coming up um you know just a little over a week away we're gonna have that covered for you over at dogs hq and uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow night for bark after dark uh, not gonna really reveal too much about what we've going on because we're not 100 percent sure what we've going on got going on. Uh, would it would it be dark after dark if we knew what was? If happening? we were organized, we'd have to <laughs> call it a different show. Okay, we'd have to call it something completely different. It just wouldn't be on brand. Uh, but hey, for this episode, uh, this Sunday episode of uh, of the Georgia Show, I'm Jake Rose, Jake Roos, Jeremy Johnson. Y'all take it easy. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.